Hi, this is Ray Duckler, back again. I'm the columnist at the Concord Monitor, and this is the next in my series of uh, podcasts. Today, our guest, or my guest, is a woman named Sarah Heineke. No, she's not the heir to the beer company. She is a very articulate, intelligent individual whom I met while doing... um, stories on, on the homeless in Concord. And one thing I learned from Sarah is that I am a, I can be prejudicial going into those stories because I have a, a box that I put homeless people in and in terms of uh, personality and background and Sarah dispelled all those notions. She is um, does not drink, does not do drugs, she was in the production uh, area with Yankee Magazine and the Old Farmer's Almanac. Uh, she's educated, and she completely just uh, runs counter to the uh, usual feelings and views you might have going into meeting a homeless person. So, um, Sarah, tell us a little bit about uh, the background in terms of jobs, uh, things like that. Where, where have you been and what have you done? Well, thank you for having me, first of all, Ray. Um, I have a pretty solid work history up until about three years ago. I was working uh, as a courier in Boston. Um, and I, as you mentioned, I've worked for Yankee Publishing in their, in their production department. I've also worked as a dispatcher. Um, and three years ago, I had a firearm pulled on me in Keene. Um, and that really kind of wrecked my ability to work. Um, and since then, I've been trying to get my feet back under me. And um, it, it, the path has led me to the kitchen where I met you uh, that particular day. The Friendly Kitchen. Yes, yes that's sir. where we met, developing great chemistry, by the way. <laughs> they do excellent work at the Friendly Kitchen. I can't say enough about them. Um, they've really been a mainstay for me over the last uh, year kept me fed while I tried to get my feet back under me being a homeless woman in Concord. Let me just um, foreshadow what we're going to be doing. The main uh, point of this podcast is to uh, talk about Sarah's uh, program that she's helped coordinate uh, with the with her home, the homeless community. She gives out trash bags and homeless people then pick up the trash around the rail road and under the bridge at 393 near the homeless, uh, the, near the friendly kitchen, and then they're paid two bucks per bag to have their own spending money. That's the, that's the um, fuel for this podcast. So talking again about some background with Sarah, you suffered some abuse as a teen, which has, which helped lead toward some of the emotional problems you have today, is that right? Sure, I grew up in a pretty contentious authoritarian household um, and rebelled from an early age. I ran away for the first time when I was 11 years old um, and then was finally in the custody of the state uh, when I was 14, 15 years old. I still have an excellent relationship with the best house I ever lived in as a kid, uh, the Webster House in Manchester, gotta give a shout out to them. Um, and since then, I've, I have struggled with stand up and fall down, stand up and fall down, get it together, something happens, fall down for a little bit. Um, but yeah, after I was uh, in a fairly abusive relationship as a late teenager, 
um, and I had believed for a long time that my PTSD was tied to that. Um, however, the symptomology as presented, now I have an accurate diagnosis related to, it, it relates all the way back to childhood. So this has been a lifelong struggle for me. So as I said, this is your typical homeless person, as you can hear. So now, um, <laughs> also we have, before we get up to that pr current program, fascinating that in Sarah's background, her grandfather is buried at West Point, and her father is buried at Arlington National Cemetery, and their wives are buried with them. So she has two grandparents and two parents buried in these prestigious military areas. We have a colonel, we have a lieutenant colonel. Just briefly tell us about the, the, the background of your uh, family, and then um, I want to relate it to leadership aspects because that's really connects to the uh, trash picking up program. Well, I didn't really know much about my dad's military history until he died, and I wrote his obit. Um, he didn't speak very much uh, about his military service, and I was pretty shocked uh, when he died in 2000, and I was, uh, I was in the position of writing his obit. Uh, he got a Bronze Star for his work in psychological warfare. I didn't realize that the Bronze Star was for psychological warfare until I got the certifications when I was uh, 38, so only a few years ago. But that offered me some <laughs> excellent insight into my childhood. Um, but I don't know too much about my paternal grandparents and their service, um, well, my, my granddad's service. Uh, was but he a colonel, a lieutenant colonel? Colonel. He's buried at West Point. West Point. That tells me a lot. Yes. Wow. I actually, uh, a funny story, I have a demerit slip from West Point from my, um, my granddad in 1918 for wearing uh, creased trousers to, to dinner. Shame, shame. I know. Shame, shame. Court peel potatoes. <laughs> so obviously this is not your typical uh, homeless person, and that is a lesson learned that judging well, prejudging is never a good thing, so lesson learned. Well, I think there's something important to be said here, that the face of homelessness, uh, the common perceptions, are really changing. We have a lot of uh, homeless veterans, homeless elderly, homeless seniors here in New Hampshire, um, and I think it's easy to jump to the conclusion that all people are junkies or druggies or, or drunks, uh, just can't get it together. And certainly there are members of our community like that, um, but not everyone. Um, and I see that with uh, the affordable housing availability is close to zero in New Hampshire. We see a lot of people moving into their cars to save money. Um, and it really is worth looking, taking a second look at folks. Let me also add that Sarah does have an apartment. She was homeless for? 368 days. So I hate that she's not very specific in her answers. That bothers me. <laughs> she now has a place at the Pittman building. Yep. Uh, she was on a list for a while and she uh, moved in about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago and yeah. you had to learn. Now you have to cook and you have yeah. to do things like apartment things so, and yeah, that's an yeah. adjustment. It's, right? a, it's a rusty clunky skill set but it's growing on me. I'll tell you what. Uh, it's uh, it. I'm so grateful to have had the year outside um, and living, the, the getting this lived experience so I can speak and share about it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to have uh, have a roof, a door, and a floor with some windows. It's kind of nice. Uh, so yeah, it's growing on me, and I'm sure it'll do just fine. Grateful for the uh, year-long experience. Uh, homeless, interesting. Um, now we're going to move into the program that Sarah has helped coordinate. She saw a woman named 
Amy Campbell picking up trash in the friendly kitchen area. Yeah. And with the knowledge of another area all, already create, have, having created a program to put homeless people to work and change their reputation and give them some money in, in their pockets, Sarah came up with an idea. I guess a light went off in her head. Tell us about the beginnings of this trash pickup sure. program. Um, uh, probably about 18 months ago, I saw a fantastic TED Talk uh, put on by the mayor of Albuquerque, New Mexico, Ted, uh, excuse me, Richard Berry. Um, and he puts, uh, using $50,000 uh, in a grant and a motor van that was sitting unused in his uh, his motor pool for the city, he started uh, putting panhandlers to work picking up trash for the city of Albuquerque. He has a metro region of a million people, had a budget of $50,000, and kind of coordinated this and worked in concert with some of the social service agencies in Albuquerque. Massive success. Uh, the TED Talk is easy to find, right? I bet you could link it up in your comments. Um, but I thought it was fantastic and I had taken a, a homeless advocacy course in Manchester called Granite Leaders. It was put on by the New Hampshire Coalition to End Homelessness. It was a six-month program and unexpectedly I got a, a hundred dollar uh, graduation present for finishing uh, the class and I thought I would conduct a little social experiment. So I'd seen the work that Amy had been doing down under the 393 uh, and I... How bad was the trash? Scenario. She had pulled out, uh, she and a couple of her friends had pulled out, I believe, 40 to 50 bags of trash already. Um, and what I decided to do was kind of, like I said, do this social experiment where at the end of the month, when folks are in theory pretty broke, um, the only uncovered um, meal for homeless folks or those in need in, in Concord is uh, noontime on Sundays. Uh, so I've set up a two hour window. I said, hey, if you come, you fill one bag of trash, you'll get free pizza, and mm. we'll do cash prizes. And so I started with this budget of $100. The $100 you got as a graduation present. Yep. You're investing that into this yep. program. I just thought experiment. I'd say, hey, let's see what, what happens. Uh, it was July 1st. I would consider it a massive success. Uh, we had 105 heat index, but I had six people show up. Uh, we got 33 bags of trash out from under the 393. That's in addition to what Amy and her friends had gotten out already. Um, I had not gotten pizza donated for the first event, and since it was so hot, we went for a round of Gatorades too. So our budget was $100, 33 for Gatorades and pizza. Uh, 33 bags of trash at two per was 66 bucks, and that 100 bucks was gone. That and leaves I, you with four. Four. Are four you dollars. pocketing that? Because maybe there's a scandal here. <laughs> Do we have to follow up with a scandal story? Yeah, Sarah? probably. Okay. No, no, 33, 66 leaves me a dollar. One dollar, my man. That's the new math I was doing. Okay, I'm going to cut her some slack on the one. <laughs> and we have another Sunday, so, it's yeah. second time in the project. So I put up, I said, hey, everybody, I was really excited. I got really good feedback. Best example I can give is a, a gentleman who'd been homeless for six years found me later in the evening and tell me what he had done with his $16 for his eight bags of trash. And he said um, to me twice that it had felt so good to work, to earn, and to contribute. Um, and then he told me he had gotten cigarettes uh, and some food and repaid a small loan. So no drugs, no alcohol, it was, it was great. 
everybody wanted to know when I was going to do it again. I said, well, I only had the one graduation present, and I'm just as homeless as you guys are right now, so let's see if we put up a GoFundMe. If I, if I raise another $100, I'll do it again. And GoFundMe went up. I had, it was an hour and 12 minutes, and I had $100, $100 for the next one. So we did uh, our second event on July 29th, this past uh, Sunday. We had 10 people show up, 44 bags of trash. Um, and I, pay, I think I paid out $8 for a Gatorade, so that that's where your $4 is, right? Okay, I, just, I have to ask up. these tough no, questions. No, no, I know, I'm accounting is important. hard-nosed journalist. What, what, <laughs> um, what area did you, was this? Uh, we affectionately call it the Tundra, but it's the Concord Rail Yard. It's the space between the 393 uh, overpass by the Friendly Kitchen uh, and the Store Street underpass on the other side of the, uh, the south side of the rail yard. Um, so we had 10 people come. Uh, we got 44 bags of trash out, and so it was, it was really, really a massive success. The weather was much more pleasant this time, but again, next time I do it, final Sunday of the month, as soon as I raise $100, I'm happy to do it again. Now you've got a head start, right? For That's the, right. For we're, the $50 towards, we're $50 towards our August event already, so I'm really excited. So that's amazing. So you'll, I'm sure you'll, you'll make the $100 I hope total so. with I already so. halfway there and what might be the next area you would target or do you have to go back to those places because they're <laughs> trashed again? Well we may uh, but there are two uh, places that I have my eye on really um, even though they're much bigger projects than 50, 50 bags of trash at a throw. Um, there's one behind the market basket on Store Street and there's also uh, down south of the Manchester Street Bridge the Heritage Trail is also pretty pretty trash. So I have been in touch with someone who works for general services and said, hey, what can I, what is within walking distance of downtown where I can easily get people um, and easily get these trash bags to a place where they can be picked up. Um, so those are two places that are on my list. But you're right, uh, revisiting the places that have already been done is, is good for maintenance. But I also see among the crew that has come to help, I do see a uh, sense of kind of ownership and pride and kind of policing each other. Hey, why are you trashing this place? You just pick us up. <laughs> hey, you. And so it's nice. It, it's nice. Take a sip of coffee oh, if you'd like. Because I know I'm thank sipping you, away you. here, um, which is not fair. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring up is the, the camaraderie or the community, the sense of community. Uh, people are kind of, like you just said, viewing this with a sense of pride and it give, puts money in their pocket. And that's probably... S fairly new to some of these people or most of these some people? Some folks. I mean, like I, I referenced my friend earlier who had said that it felt good to work to earn Right, and he contribute. sought you out. He yeah. wanted to find yeah. you and tell you. I think there's a big difference between seeing someone who's treading water trying to stay alive and standing on the, on the shore telling them what to do or castigating them for not doing what you think they should do and kind of instead of waiting out to where they are and offering them a hand. So I'm a real big fan of meeting people where they are and setting achievable goals. Like these, these pickups happen within a two hour window of time. You know, we set up between 11 and one, pizza at 12.30 for, for participants. And this is, these are the results that we get. If, it, if any of the different factors were different, if I were doing this every Sunday, if I were doing this on a Saturday, there are, the, there are factors that change things. I'm not sure that we would have as good results if we did it more consistently or it, you know, changed it up. Of course, there's room for experiments, but so far that's been my formula and so far it's worked out really well. 
Can you contrast the success in Albuquerque with the potential for here? You brought up dollar figures and what they're able to do with their population, and then you came up with stunning data for here. What I'm, what I'm, would very much like to do is see this be voluntarily funded uh, versus taxpayer funded, um, because. Uh, Right now, the homeless camp cleanouts that you covered at the beginning of April, Ray, I heard a rumor, and I don't have this confirmed, that the price tag for that was $85,000. Um, and granted, a city of Concord and DOT has access to equip, equipment and expertise on their, on their staff that I don't have access to, but I think $85,000, we've got to be able to do better than that. If the, if the Albuquerque mayor can do it for fifty. I bet there's something. With how many be, people? With, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a million people there. There's a million people in the metro region of Albuquerque, and there are 44,000 people uh, in Concord. So I bet we could do better. That so that would be my challenge, um, and I would like to see it either less uh, the the burden on the taxpayer lessened, um, and this completely voluntarily funded. Um, that would be my preference. And the last thing here I did want to mention is the leadership skills that I have attached yeah. to Sarah. She she doesn't like that. She is very yeah. modest. But when you think about West Point and Arlington National Cemetery, there uh, has to be <laughs> some kind of hereditary factor going on here. And well, what did you get from one of them? My, Both of them uh, my, my dad... I uh, used to say that he would have made full colonel if he'd known how to keep his mouth shut. And my mom and I used to joke that that was probably genetic. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, I've, I have absolutely gotten some of my stubborn nature from, from genetics, um, even though I'm not more of the military persuasion. Um, God. The, the, <laughs> the leadership part has translated into... An anecdote where you carried a megaphone into the state house oh, man. <laughs> as a tool of change. It's Can you just tell us about that? Sure. My megaphone and I go all sorts of places. Mm -hmm. um, I I am uh, I detest bullies, as I was telling you um, in the car on the way over here, Ray. Um, but I have spoken out against what I see as injustice. Uh, for many, many years, I've been the voice of the loyal opposition. Um, <laughs> so uh, you had said, carried it into the state house. Uh, someone I knew had been asked to leave a House committee uh, work session, House Finance Work Committee session for filming, which is uh, grossly unconstitutional. And um, in reply, I went and met with um, the state house security and LOB security and said, hey, you know, I, I get that you were just following orders, but what you're doing is unconstitutional. Just want to let you know I will be there filming. And while I won't assist you in my removal, I will not resist you either. Um, so I had uh, gone in, I took my camera and also my beloved megaphone um, and went in and didn't ultimately did not have any problems recording because I think in the ensuing time it had been conveyed to the woman who had made the mistake that what she had done was grossly wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, when I see something wrong, I stand up and uh, fight it rather than kind of go along with it. Did you, did you have to use, did you use the megaphone? No, nope, not Didn't that time. Didn't use the megaphone. No, nope. no. Nope. But 
I think in the future there may be some some megaphone use. What was on your shirt the other day when I interviewed you? What did oh, it say? Agitator. Agitator. Yeah. That is a good description yes. of Sarah. <laughs> it's custom made for me. Because of who you are. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, let me say that uh, this story is going to be in my column uh, Saturday at tomorrow. I believe it'll come out. Nice. So you can look for that. Sarah will be prominently displayed and her voice will be part of that as it was here so i want to thank you sarah for coming by thank you ray and this is ray duckler's podcast and see you next time bye